college football playoff semifinals while also looking into the NFL playoff picture and the drama that may unfold in week 17. In addition, we'll be taking a look at the MVP race and we'll give our favorites for who is going to win this prestigious award. So let's get right into it. And we had the two college football playoff matchups yesterday, which kind of summed up, you know, wild college football season. And we saw, we'll start with the first game, Notre Dame and Alabama. Played in Arlington, Texas. And I mean, Alabama was a heavy 24 point favorite. And let's hear your initial reactions because, you know, I, I, I knew I had a feeling it was going to be a blowout. It wasn't close. It didn't seem like Notre Dame really gave, gave it much of a fight. But let's hear the initial reactions of what took place down in Arlington. Chase, you want to start us off? Yeah, of course I'll start it off. Well, right now, um, uh, I knew it was going to be a blowout from the start. It didn't, it didn't, the game didn't really look appealing to me. I mean, like you can almost kind of make it a tradition now that um, Notre Dame is just going to lose whenever they make it to the playoffs because of these strong, like powerhouse offenses, such as Clemson and Alabama and Ohio state, like Notre Dame was just, I don't know. They, they were a very bad team coming. They, they weren't a bad team. It's just, they were, they were, um, they, that was a bad matchup for them um, at this time. So um, yeah. And the Crimson Tide did definitely demolish him. It was like 31 to 14, which is not very close. And Alabama did have a 20 point spread, as Drew said um, for the playoffs. And also I would like to mention that um, Matt Jones completed 25 of 30 passes for 297 yards and four touchdowns on top of that. So you can almost look at Matt Jones as a first round, like a late first rounder now. His draft stock has definitely gone up very much. And Najee Harris, that that um, hurdle play, that was just amazing. I thought, I think his draft stock will definitely rise from that or um, in the next coming years, whenever he's gonna be drafted. Um, yeah, and um, I, th- I think he p- could potentially go to the Jets for their late pick. And that would be a great um, uh, running back to pick up and also Devontae Devontae Smith um was just amazing again. But um Notre Dame played pretty well, but they definitely cannot measure up to Alabama. And that was my takeaway on that. Well thanks, Chase. I mean it was definitely I mean it was definitely lopsided. I mean just just even on that opening kickoff, I mean there was a fumble on the opening kickoff and Notre Dame did, did bounce on it, but it just seemed so lopsided. I mean you got Najee Harris jumping over Notre Dame defenders you know what a hurdle that was Devontae Smith had a great game he had three touchdowns and he just looked lopsided and even Ian Book you know he it just didn't look like they really had much of a response to what Alabama was able to do both offensive off, offensively and defensively um Zaslow do you have any thoughts contradicting the chase or and what were your like main points coming out of this game yeah, first of all, I just want to introduce myself. My, introduce myself. I'm Daniel. They call, uh, Drew calls me Zazlo, which is my last name. 
Uh, I'm not the biggest college football guy, but what I do know is that it was a very entertaining game, even though it was very lopsided. I think what Chase said was pretty accurate of what happened. I think that Mac Jones, that game definitely could have pushed his draft stop up a little bit. Same with Najee Harris. He had a great game. And Devontae Smith, I think that could have solidified him as the best receiver in the draft, possibly over Jamar Chase. Sorry to interrupt you, but it also, I think, solidified him. We'll get to this, but I think it solidified him as the Heisman winner. But we can, we'll can we talk about that after you finish up. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that, the Heisman, later. But I just think overall it was a good game. That Again, what you said about the hurdle by Najee Smith, that was amazing. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Or, or excuse me, Najee Harris. Again, I'm not the biggest cultural guy. I think that was just an amazing hurdle. It was extremely athletic and just really, really amazing to watch how he just kind of, he flew. He honestly flew three, four feet in the air right over to the defender. Mm -hmm. And um, I would just like to point out one more thing. I feel like um, Najee Harris, although many people are comparing him to Derrick Henry, I feel like he has more of the lower body strength while Derrick Henry has more of the upper body strength. But I still think Najee Harris could be a big threat in the NFL. And although he didn't have a touchdown that game, he ran for 15 carries for 125 yards. And always having over 100 yards is a pretty solid game. And also um, Devontae Smith, it's basically the Alabama's big three, Matt Jones, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith were just popping off. And also um, Notre Dame had some chances when, when Devontae Smith went down. And um, also they just couldn't respond. They had many, then many opportunities. And Ian Book, although he had um, 229 yards um, passing, he just couldn't get it done for um, Notre Dame. And it was, it was just very, um, it was very lopsided at the start. I didn't feel like Ian Book really took those opportunities um, and made and created them into touchdowns or anything. So that was, that's my takeaway from that game. Thanks, Chase. I think now we should transfer to the clearly the more entertaining game and really the surprising game for fans around the country. I mean, Clemson, Ohio State in the Superdome. It was shocking. It was really shocking. And all credit to Ryan Day. I'm a Michigan fan. This is hard for me to say, but Ryan Day and Justin Fields, because, oh, my God, did Justin Fields just play out of his mind last night. And the ability of Ryan Day, you know, and and this is something I really respect because I've kind of haven't seen the same motivation out of Jim Harbaugh's team in Ann Arbor. How they had that score from the Fiesta Bowl last year up every day in the weight room all offseason. So it just seemed like there was for him to be able to motivate those guys. It showed his leadership and Justin Fields. I mean, it showed his character to come out there. He had the huge hit by Skalski, which, you know, and he was ejected. That That's a whole different story. I'm sure we're going to get into that later too, but it, it was really a shocking game. Their ability to slow down Trevor Lawrence. And it just seemed like Clemson didn't have answers, especially that defense and Brett Venables. They just didn't have answers. Um, so Chase, I mean, Initial reactions, what do you got? Oh, my gosh. It was such a surprising game. I thought Clemson was going to beat him out in a close game, but Justin Fields just played out of his mind. He threw for, I believe it was six touchdowns. And um, also, uh, some people don't give credit, but um, Trevor Sermon, the running, the Buckeye. Trey Sermon, Trey Sermon. Yeah. Um, he he ran for, um, I think it was 254 yards. It was just an amazing he just ran over all the defenders. And although um, although uh, um, J- James Scalzi got uh, ejected, I believe Clemson defense should have done a lot better on that run D. But also, 
all the credit to Ohio State defense. They played lights out. And um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence did have 400 yards, but despite that, um, this is a, 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 a widely considered a disappointment for the Tigers. And um, Dabo just, he, he deserves this because he, he stated that Ohio State was the 11th best team in the nation in the, in the coaches poll. So I thought that was very disrespectful towards them. And uh, Ohio State ver- versus Alabama will be a very entertaining game. And um, yeah, that's my takeaways from the very entertaining game between Ohio State and Clemson. Yeah, well, I think that was a huge. I think that that was. I, I did not think that was smart of Dabo to say because that just seemed to give to give Ohio State such a motivation, just such a chip on their shoulder, and they just had so much more than Clemson. It's only it's almost as Clemson was looking ahead to Alabama. I mean, that's just how I felt. They didn't have that pop. I thought that first drive was incredible by Trevor Lawrence, but you know, after that, I just feel like was with they didn't have answers. They didn't have answers to Ohio State and that game plan of Ryan Day and that uh, coaching staff. Um, Zazla, what what are what were your takeaways? You know, I think that was an amazing football game. Justin Fields played out of his mind. You know, I'm not a big college football guy. I watched that. That game makes me want to get into college football. You know. I just don't know what to say. He was incredible. I remember that hit. I don't know who the the guy was. The guy from uh, Skalski, number forty-seven. The, uh, yeah, him. The linebacker who's basically the quarterback of that defense. And that sorry to interrupt, but that really made a huge difference in the game because I feel like there are more adjustments could have been made. But even when Skalski wasn't there, who is the leader, the quarterback? He calls all the audibles for that defense. Even when he wasn't there, I, I didn't see. And they looked confused. That linebacker, that that front seven. Looked really confused. Skalski was barking signals at the last minute, trying to move guys around. Like it just didn't seem like a Clemson. Just didn't seem like they had the game plan intact. It seemed like they were lost. Keep going though. I definitely agree. I think that that hit was just that was a very dangerous hit. I definitely think that the the targeting call was a little harsh, but at the end of the day, it was a very dangerous hit. So I think that they should have made the call after really watching the replay. You know, Fields really you – know, I, I see him laying there. I'm like, oh, this is a bad injury. This could have, like – he could have ruptured his spine or maybe even broken it because it was right on the back, right in the helmet. You saw he, like, bent a little. And I think that when when the his backup came on for one play and then the next thing you know, you see number one back on the field. I was like, is that, that – there's no way. Fields was already back in the field. It's been one play. He looks like he almost just died. So when I saw him come back on the field, I was in just disbelief the way that he just fought through that game. And really, no one expects, like, some people expected Ohio State to win, but I feel like, I mean, Clemson obviously was the favorite. Lawrence obviously was the clear number one pick. I think he still is the clear number one pick, but I feel like maybe some people are now debating whether he is the number one pick or not. Right. Well, I mean, it was also incredible just to see the way that, um, just the way that Fields, he gets hurt, he comes off for one play, they run the ball, and then he comes back in and just is in really brutal pain, but delivers a strike. For a touchdown. And and then and then you just see him on the sideline every time he's throwing grimace grimacing as Chris as Chris Fowler and Kurt Herbstreet said and they, and they were calling the game. And it just seemed like is he is he gonna be able to play? But then next thing you know, he's throwing the ball sixty yards down the field and, and every time he threw the ball up it seemed like the Ohio State receiver had one or two steps on the on the Clemson quarterbacks or safety. So it really just seemed like an embarrassment for Clemson secondary, truly. And I think I think this brings us to our next point. Let's talk about do we think that 
Does, does Justin Fields, if he wins the national championship, does he give Trevor Lawrence a run for his money for the number one pick that's going to go to Jackson? I think that for the Heisman and the number one pick, I feel like both of them kind of correlate. We've seen three Heisman winners go number one the past three years with, was it Baker, Kyler, and Joe Burrow. I think that, I still think Lawrence is going to win the Heisman. You know, he's just been, he's played four or five more games than Fields. But what 10, about Devontae Smith? What about Devontae Smith? I mean, he had a, I mean, he had a day yesterday. I know, but I, I think he could, he definitely deserves a chance at it, but I feel like in today's day and age, a quarterback's going to win it, uh, win it, whether you like it or not, you know, but I think, but I mean, but I think that Lawrence missed two games in the middle of the season that hurt. And he won one big game. But how about Mac Jones? He's a, well, I think, I think, I think you give it to Devonte Smith over Mac Jones. I mean, I, I, that's what I think. I mean, I think Devonte Smith's the best player in college football right now. My clear Heisman candidates have got to be Mac Jones. It's got to be Devonte Smith, Lawrence and Fields. I think it's going to be hard for Devonta Smith to win. I definitely would like to see him win it because he's just been, he's been the best player in college football this past year. Despite being a receiver, I think that's kind of where you fall off. I feel like receivers don't have the odds in their favor to win the Heisman. I feel like it's just such, like it's it's very similar with the NFL with the MVP award. Yeah, just the quarterback. Right, I mean, I mean Smith. Yes, you saw, let me just say something. I mean Smith, if he were to win the Heisman. He would be the first wide receiver to win it since Desmond Howard. So, I mean, that's a big thing. I think that, I believe that was in the 90s. Yeah, that was like, yeah, that was in the mid-90s. So, I mean, that, I think that's a big step. That shows you something, but it also shows that, you know, maybe there does need to be a mix-up. Maybe I, maybe it is Devontae Smith here. Maybe he's going to rewrite history, and it'll be interesting to see. I was just going to say one more thing. I do agree with Zazzo that um, Lawrence will be the clear number one draft pick. I know... Fields played lights out, but um, with Lawrence's year this year was just very stellar, and um, I believe that does give Fields that that definitely solidifies Fields as the second pick because I did believe um, BYU quarterback Zach Wilson gave him a run for his money before, but with with this play by Fields, and if he does that, uh, if he does that in the championship, um, that will definitely solidify him as the second pick. And could potentially give him a run for the first pick, but I do believe Lawrence is going to go first. They'd have to be very, very um, insane to pick Fields over Lawrence, which would be a big stretch. You know, some people are definitely going to say, oh, it's not a stretch. He's way better than him in so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. But I feel like with Lawrence, I feel like he's been the clear number one pick since last year. Like, in the, like since last year, you know, Lawrence was kind of right behind Burrow in a lot of stuff. Like people were comparing them as the two best quarterbacks, even despite him being a year younger. You know, I think that, I think they're both, I don't, I just don't think the Jets are going to risk it with Fields, even after that amazing performance. I think the Jets are just going to, they're going to hold their bets and they're going to No, the take, Jets will take Fields. The Jets will take Fields. Oh, actually, I think that would actually be a very good way to go into our next topic. Who do we think the, fir- the first few draft picks are going to be, specifically the top three? I think it's going to be Lawrence. I think it's going to be Fields. And then, I mean, if you're just bad quarterback, I think Jack Wilson goes to, goes to Atlanta. If the Bengals had the third pick, they would take um, – the Bengals have the fifth pick, I believe. But um, – That's not – it's due to change. Yes. And, well, I uh, think the Texans could have the third, but, I mean – No, 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 the, the, um, I believe it's the, the Dolphins, Eagles, Texans, and the, the Bengals. The, Dol- the, Dol- the Texans pick is the Dolphins. The Texans pick is the Dolphins pick. No, because of a trade. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. No, the, the, yeah, the, Dol- the Dolphins have the Texans pick. 
um, for the for um, and I think the Dolphins can take uh, Devonte Smith. They are in big need of a wide receiver. I know Devon, I know um, Devonte Parker's great, but having the double Devonte duo or something that would be even better. Devonte Smith, if he wins Heisman, which I do think he has a great shot at, um, uh, that would definitely solidify the Dolphins taking um, uh, Devonte Smith. And uh, yeah, that's my take on the first three picks. Well, I th- yeah, I, I think it's interesting. It's definitely going to be something we're going to be monitoring uh, throughout as we get closer to the draft. But I think that we should definitely talk about the current playoff picture, what's going to happen the rest of the season, because we've got playoffs coming up. We've got the Week 17 happening tomorrow that's going to finish up. What are some of the big things you're looking for in Week 17 that are just going to transfer over to playoffs? I'm Zazzle. You can start. Yeah, Drew, I'll start this part off. The I think this upcoming Week 17 is going to be phenomenal. There's so many crazy playoff scenarios, you know, there's three really main points, the AFC wildcard, the NFC East, and the number one seed in the NFC. I think this is going to be a crazy week. A lot of unexpected wins, losses, everything in between. I think it's going to be a very interesting week. You know, all these teams, there's going to be multiple 10 and 6 teams missing in the playoffs, which I think is crazy because I think 10 and 6 is definitely a record worthy of winning a division. But there's so many, the AFC is just a juggernaut this season. And I think that it's going to come down to some really interesting games, scenarios, and maybe even individual performances, which also ties into what we're going to be talking about later, the MVP race, which we will get into later. Not going to go in depth about that, but Chase, what do you think about this one? Um, well, yes, there's many different playoff scenarios here, and I'm excited to see what happens in week 17. Um, I would like, I would first like to talk about the, um, uh, the Packers. Um, I believe they would clinch a uh, first-round bye if they win or Seattle lost. And also, uh, Drew is a big Bears fan. I'm looking forward. I'm sorry. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that matchup between Green Bay and the Bears. I do hope the Bears win because I want to see the Bears make a run for the playoffs. I think it's gonna be an interesting game. And a lot of Bears fans are hoping that the Rock, the Green Bay would clinch um, the number one seed um, in Week 16, so we wouldn't have to go up against Aaron Rodgers, Devontae. Adams and Aaron Jones and company, but we, we, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a good game, but I, 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 I am, but I, I do think that the, I think the Packers have a very good chance at winning this game. Um, You know, you got Jalen Johnson out and you've got, and you've got Buster screen out. Those are two starting cornerbacks. So that's going to be tough. You're also going up against Devonte Adams, but you know, we are, it's gonna. It's definitely gonna be an interesting game. I'm. Mean, we're looking. I'm. I'm looking forward to it. I think this is a big game for Mitch Trubisky. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do in the offseason. I think if he wins the game, and we draft a quarterback late, and and I think that, and I think that. But if we if we lose this game, Ryan Pace and company, if they still have, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, if they still have a job, they're gonna have some big decisions to make. Chase, let, let's finish your thought, and then um, Daniel has some news for us. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go into a different topic now. Um, I'll get a different division now, which is basically three teams um, going for the uh, NFC East title, which is going to be a huge um, matchup between Washington and um, and the Eagles. Uh, and I really want to see the football team win, just as kind of like a meme, and also because uh, I'm really looking forward to Alex Smith's kind of comeback player of the year. He's, he's gone through a lot 
and I respect him in that way. And also, um, especially three teams going for the division title. I don't believe that's happened in a while, and I'm looking forward to that matchup. And also, um, uh, one, more, one more thing I would like to talk about is how Cleveland, uh, they lost to the Jets, and now they're now they could potentially not win that playoff spot. And it's just going to be, it could be a mess for Cleveland, but I'm, I really want Cleveland to make the playoffs since of their drought. And um, yeah, th- those are my thoughts on the, on the playoff picture right now. It's going to be very interesting to see what's going to go down in week 17. Let, let's go to Zaslow um, <clears throat> with some news and also just talk, talk about, and then give us some of your NFL thoughts, but first um, talk about the late development you're following. Yeah, guys, we actually have some very important breaking news. For, uh, Bleacher Report has just reported that the Jaguars are planning to hire Urban Meyer as their next head coach. This is actually a really interesting move. You know, I think – I don't know if Trevor Lawrence could draw him in, or maybe this could possibly be hinting, you know, where did – Drew, I'm going to do a little game here with you. Where did Urban Meyer coach? Uh, hurts for me to say this, but the Ohio State University – and who is the quarterback who is planning to go a top five draft pick for Ohio State? Justin Fields. Is this maybe hinting that Justin Fields may actually go number one rather than Lawrence? Like, is this hinting something? Well, Chase, give us your thoughts and then I'll, I'll talk. Yeah, this big development might have changed my mind because Urban, Urban Meyer is a big, was a big Ohio State court, um, coach for, uh, I believe it was Dwayne Haskins back back in those days when they um when Dwayne when, when Dwayne Haskins was a very great quarterback um and uh taking Justin Fields first would be a big would be a big um I don't know it would, it would just be a big development for the Jaguars I don't know if uh Urban Meyer would take uh Justin Fields only because he went to Ohio State maybe that bias could um kind of uh creep in there but if if it were me, I would take obviously Trevor Lawrence. I think I believe he's a better quarterback. If Urban Meyer decides to take Justin Fields just because of this amazing performance, and if he were to do so in the finals, maybe even more, um, uh, hinting at that. So uh, yes, this is a big development, as Zaslow said. And if Ur- Urban Meyer turned down a lot of offers at many colleges, and if he plans to work with the Jacksonville Jaguars, that'll be a big step for. Um, uh, this organization, and uh, I'm looking forward. I actually to- have a very interesting question. What if Meyer purposely was just waiting to see who got the number one pick? I don't think that that's the case. I mean, either way, you're getting, you're getting, you're gonna get a good quarterback in Lawrence Fields, Wilson, Lawrence. But I, I, I think it's again, this is all skeptical. This is Bleach, Bleacher Report is reporting that Urban Meyer expects to be the next next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And also, you know, but it is interesting about how, you know, Ryan Day came from the Urban Meyer tree. Urban Meyer passed head coaching duties at the Ohio State University football program to Ryan Day. So I think that it, it is important to think about that Justin Fields comes from Ryan, was was taught by Ryan Day, and it, 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 it generally is the same staff. So I think that's also an interesting thing to consider. Again, Urban Meyer does expect to be hired by the Jacksonville Jaguars, not confirmed just yet and let's get into our last segment of the day with that little interruption that uh but exciting interruption for jack fans jack jacksonville fans and uh fan and and, an intriguing interruption for fans all around the country but let's talk about the nfl mvp the mvp race are seating up 
We've got Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, and Henry, and others. But the two front runners of this race are is Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers and Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. In the month of December alone, Mahomes completed 14% less of his pass, pass less passes than Rodgers did, with three less touchdowns and three more interceptions. Rodgers stands second in the NFL in completion percentage. First in touchdowns, as well as passer rating. Chase, who's got the MVP? Does Rod, do, do Rodgers, do Rodgers' stats, you know, um, pull him to the finish line, or does Mahomes' almost perfect record play a big impact in this? I, I honestly would have to go to Rodgers. I know Mahomes has played absolutely amazing this season, and so did Rodgers. But, um, it's Rogers has just been playing lights out, especially with Adams. And um, I would like to bring up a stat here. It's a 44 to five ratio between touchdown to interception. That is just, and that leads the NFL. Um, and that is just an amazing stat uh, for Rogers. It shows how capable he is of leading this Packers team to a Super Bowl. And also he, um, he, uh, he owns a 150.4 total passing expected points added the second most in the NFL. And um, I believe that I don't um, Mahomes has definitely has a shot and is the reigning Super Bowl MVP and MVP um, uh, two years before this and definitely has a shot. Um, he's based They're basically in a dead heat um, between Mahomes and Rogers. It's be very interesting to see. And I think it can honestly come down to um, uh, uh, this may, possibly uh, la- last week, Rogers played lights out against the Titans. It's just going to be, it's just going to be a very interesting race. It, I, I think Mahomes could have a chance at winning. I think, I think if the Packers and um, if the Packers and Chiefs win, um, make it to the Super Bowl, then uh, one's going to be the Super Bowl MVP and one's going to be the MVP of the regular season. And uh, I know the playoffs do not take into account the uh, the uh, uh, the MVP, so it's going to be very interesting to see. They both are very even when it comes to um, stats, and Mahomes has just been playing lights out, and so has Rodgers. So it's going to be very interesting. But my pick right now is Rodgers, as um, uh, Green Bay has been playing amazing this season also. Yeah, Chase, I definitely think that that's a really good take by you with Rodgers. I think that's definitely a clear pick, but for me personally, I think one thing a lot of people forget ESPN loves Mahomes. The media loves Mahomes. I think he possibly could win it, but I have a bit of a hot take. My clear favorite is, um, is Josh Allen. You know, I think he's been phenomenal. I think one thing people forget with Mahomes, he's been sacked. I think he's like bottom or two top 10 in the amount of sack. He's been sacked a lot. I think that people forget he has 16 dropped interceptions. If those are caught, I believe he leads the league in interceptions. So I think Josh Allen is just, he's young, he's exciting. And I think that due to like his age and how exciting he is, he may win the MVP. So, you know, that's what I think. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, well, I, I just think Rogers is up there just due to the fact that his stature, just blowing people away, his ability, his ability to spread the read defenses, spread around the ball. And you look and you look, he doesn't have, he doesn't have, you know, the pieces. So it just shows how valuable it is. Remember, this award is most valuable player. Who's most valuable to their team? So I think that 
So I think that he is most valuable to this team. Given the pieces, he yes, he has Devontae Adams. He doesn't have. I mean, his wide receiver too is Alan Lazard, who he's been solid this year, but he's not a star player. So you know, you know, I, I think that I, I think that it is Rodgers because I think he's the most he's the most valuable player in the league to their respective team. And in this case, it's Rodgers to the Green Bay Packers, and they are looking to go thirteen and three this weekend against the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. I'm very looking much looking forward to that game. And I am looking forward to our next episode because we are out of time, but we really enjoyed having you on the first episode of the Apex podcast. And we look forward to seeing you again sometime soon. And um that's all for today.